Greetings. Welcome to episode two of the uh, Just Riffing It podcast hosted by Tom Martin. Uh, and the title, yeah, Just Riffing It. I, that's, a, that's a working title, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out on a regular, you know, schedule for uh, posting shows and whatnot. Um, and so I, I, you know, I just started doing this this weekend, so I'm still working out the kinks with everything. And so anyways, uh, for those of you who tuned in to our show, uh, from two days ago, thank you very much. Um, and so today I want to talk about screenwriting. So screenwriting is fascinates me because I, I like screenwriting. Um, I do. I've, I've been writing some scripts recently. I wrote two TV pilots and a, um, and a movie script actually. And I want to, I want to focus on, I, you know, the thing about TV, it's interesting to me, is how many shows are so bad, like they don't last on the air, and how few shows last on the air. So, for example, the show Good Girls on NBC. I really like the show, um, but and it, it, it actually just wrapped up just a few weeks ago on the, uh, the fourth season, uh, and, and it was a series finale. Now, that show is an interesting uh, example because the first two seasons of it really were good. I really liked the first two seasons. So basically, Good Girls, the show is about these suburban women um, who have, like, you know, kids and, and husbands and stuff like that, just your ordinary, like, you know, typical women in the suburbs. Um, who get this guy comes in their life. His name's Rio. He's this this uh, gangster from the hood uh, who comes into their lives, and he basically black you know says that makes them do like drug runs and like you know sell drugs you know his drugs and whatnot. Basically, be uh, to transport drugs through uh, like to like over to Mexico, to Canada, just all over. So ba basically there's sort of like drug mules. I don't know if that's the term actually. Is that drug mule? I don't know if that's the term. I could be wrong about that. That might be a degrading term. I don't know. Um, but basically he makes them like sell, like transport these drugs and stuff because they're, they're suburban women. So nobody would suspect them. And the dilemma for them is that you know he's going to kill them. He says like if you don't do this for me, then I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you guys. So that's an interesting plot because you know you have you have a situation. You have these women who have these very you know suburban life. You know good you know they make good money. They're they're very you know no legal trouble. Um, and and now but now if they don't do this stuff, if they don't do this illegal stuff. Don't don't transport drugs or whatever for this guy. Then he's going to kill them. Well, I think most people in that situation, you know, may do the similar thing. Well, we're just going to do this for it because we don't want to die. Um, however, the show, I think the show kind of lost its its luster uh, about around season two or three, sort of end of season two or three. Because what happened is Rio and Beth, the main character of the show, she's played by Christina Hendricks. I don't know who plays Rio. Some, some guy, I don't know. I never heard of him before. Um, they they get 
they fall like in love with each other. So they have this like romance and it becomes pretty clear that Rio's not going to kill them because he just, he loves her too much. Um, and so I, I think, I think that kind of screwed the plot a bit because the whole purpose, the whole conflict was if they don't do this for him, he's going to kill them, you know? Um, Sorry, my mouth struck. Um, but, you know, once that threat went away and it was just sort of obvious that, well, he's not going to kill them, they kept doing these, like, drug runs. They kept looking for, for you know, illegal stuff to do, to rob banks, to do all this illegal stuff that he had been making them do. Well, now they were just doing it voluntarily. And so, I, I to me, I'm thinking as a viewer, I'm like, well, this just doesn't make sense anymore. You know, you, these women are just doing something that's just, it just... It's not logical. Like it doesn't. It, it it's just not realistic anymore. Why would these women do that? These women have, they have kids. They have you know husbands. They have fam. You know, they even if they don't like their jobs, you know, they make money at it. It pays the bills, and you just you just don't like they nobody. Nobody would do this. Like nobody would just want it. Like voluntarily, rob a bank and they're like it, you know with all of they have and stuff like that. You know with everything they have to lose. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my mouth's really dry. So, um, yeah. So I think I think the show just kind of lost luster once, like Rio and Beth had this like relationship. They had this like you know romance and stuff like that. And so as a you know as a screenwriter myself or aspiring screenwriter, I guess you could say, um, I look at that and sort of see that as as a reason why why did that show went up, like go off the air? Why did it sort of go downhill? And I think it was because of the conflict just went away. You know, why are they doing this? Why are they still robbing banks? Why are they still looking for drugs to sell? Like they're not going to be this guy's not you know blackmailing them. He's not going to kill them. So they're just doing it voluntarily. Like this is this is silly. This doesn't you know that that's just illogical now. You know, there's no more threat to it. The only threat is just their own stupidity like why would you do this you know um so you know i look at a show like that and i and i and i analyze them thinking okay that's that's sort of something that you know fascinates me is why that show you know didn't work perhaps then i look at shows like seinfeld or friends you know shows that lasted a really long time and were good for a really long time and i think now why did those ones work what did those ones have and I think, I think the the thing that's interesting about those ones is that they're not that extraordinary. Like, like I mean, they're the characters are not really that extraordinary. They're they're kind of just ordinary people, right? That I think everybody can relate to to a certain you know extent. Um, and that's and that's something that I think. Uh, made those shows good in that in that because it, it was these are people we can relate to and yet they kind of have some oddball characters there's sort of that one oddball in the group like you think Kramer and Seinfeld everybody loves Kramer um, and then you have like Joey from Friends you know kind of a quirky guy you know people like these kind of you know oddball characters but they're characters that people can relate to that that everybody I think kind of knows somebody in the group or reminded of somebody in the group 
and they're going about their lives doing typical things, but told in an entertaining way. You know, they're having experiences that, you know, most people can relate to. Whereas you look at a show like Good Girls, it's interesting, but it's not, it's not, you know, a typical kind of situation for, for ordinary people. Then you look at a show like Succession. I really love the show Succession. It's on HBO. And that show is, has its third season coming out. I think the first two seasons are awesome. However, if you don't know the plot, HBO, it's, um, it's about this, this family, the Roy family. They're, they're like billionaires and, uh, the Logan Roy is the father of these kids, of his kids. His kids want to take over the company. They want to take it out from under him. It's kind of like, I've never seen Game of Thrones, I, at Thrones actually, but I imagine it's like white collar Game of Thrones kind of like they're kind of fighting for this title as a CEO of the company. It's really entertaining. However, I I wish that they would, you know, that show would like go on for like eight seasons. However, I actually read an article uh, that the creator of the show, Jesse Armstrong, did. Um, I, it was, I don't know how old the article was, but, and he said that he doesn't see the show going on for many more seasons, which is disappointing to me. And he said, well, it's just not the kind of show that, that you would, you know, that can last for so long. And I, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but, you know, it's interesting because it got me thinking, well, why why is that? I, I guess maybe because the conflict in it is they're fighting over this title as, as you know, head of the company. But, you know, how much change can there be? I mean, anybody who watches the show, you know, you look at it, okay, who's going to run the company? I guess Kendall probably will, um, just based on the way that the season two ended, you know, or Shiv's the, Shiv's the most likely one. I mean, she's the smart one. Other than her, you know, Ronan's an idiot. You know, he, he's not going to take over the company. So I, I don't know. It would be fascinating to see how it plays out. But it was interesting to, to for me to read that the creator of the show doesn't anticipate it going on for very long. And so I don't know. I tried to take lessons away from that as, as somebody who's trying to create a show that um, will last for a long time and, you know, will have longevity and stuff. Um you know, I sort of find that stuff interesting. You know, why did that show? Why why does he think it's going to go off there? Because it's really good. I mean, anybody who's seen it, I liked it. It's really good. I hope it doesn't go anywhere. But I guess it. You know, the creator says it probably will. Now, I don't I don't know like how other writers like write stuff, but for me, I I kind of just wing it. I mean, I I kind of so for example, I wrote a movie script um, just a couple like a month or two ago. Um, for a feature film that is about Trump's response to the pandemic. It's a comedy. And as I was writing it, though, like, I didn't really know how it was going to end. Like, even as I'm writing it, I just, I don't, I wasn't, I don't, I'm not really big on outlines and stuff. I don't know if that's what other writers do. But, um, you know, when you think about screenwriting stuff, I guess it's actually fairly common to do that. I, I sort of wonder, well, you know, when you're writing something, shouldn't you have it all mapped out beforehand before you go into writing it? I don't personally. What I do is I just start writing it and stuff. So like, but I hit a, I hit kind of a, I don't, I don't know if they call it, if it counts as writer's block, but um, I just kind of hit a point where I got like two thirds of the way through the script, but I didn't know how it was going to end. Like I didn't know where to go from there. Um, and so it's funny because somebody, you know, might ask me, well, what's going to happen next or something? And I'd be like, I don't even know. You know, I'm the one writing it. I don't even know what's going to happen in the next 10 pages because I haven't figured it out yet. Um, 
And so it took me a couple weeks to figure out how to end this movie, you know, where to go from page like, you know, 60, 70 on. Um, so, but I, I say, I say that I don't think that's necessarily just like a disadvantage when it comes to screenwriting, maybe, because I was actually, I, I've heard that screenwriting oftentimes, like movies will just be rewritten on the set. Um, I was watching this thing yesterday on Netflix or I guess it was two days ago on Netflix, this uh, movies, uh, the movies we love. And it was surprising to me that they were shooting like films that like, and these were popular films. They did like dirty dancing, um, die hard. I think it was die hard. Uh, the one, well, so there were some of them that ghostbusters was one. So there were some of them like ghostbusters that they just started filming and they didn't even have a completed script yet. Like they were still writing the script as they were filming it. So they just started shooting because they were on a schedule and they were on a budget and they didn't want to push it back. And so the writers would just write, rewrite it on scene, like on set and whatnot. I, I don't know. If, so that was fascinating to me because I would think, well, they must have a finished script and whatnot. Now, maybe that's rare. Maybe that's not a common thing. Um, but, you know, I don't know. That's interesting to me because I think there is certainly, I think there is an advantage to being on set, I imagine, seeing everything and then writing, you know, a script based on it, you know, to see characters, to sort of see them and stuff. Because I know when I write, like a story or script, like I have an image of what characters look like and stuff. So I don't know. I wonder if being on set for a movie, you know, influences writers when they're doing it to kind of get gauge how the storyline will go and whatnot. In fact, I wrote, I wrote two pilot uh, TV shows, sitcoms over the past uh, few weeks as well. One of them was uh based on trump it was called life after president and i actually i don't think it's i don't think it'll ever get produced because i think trump is just kind of i mean a tv series based on trump i don't think it has longevity i i don't even know if he's so controversial now i feel like maybe he's not he's not really that interesting for i, I mean he's not as appealing anymore to network television because they don't want to give him attention even though it's making fun of him so i wrote another tv uh pilot um script that was it, it was called for a show called herman and this is a show it's it's like it's about this guy who's from like the south he's conservative uh from like you know texas and he moves to massachusetts this really like liberal state um and he just has to adjust to day-to-day -day life and stuff like that and and you know, as I'm writing the script, I'm trying to think of, well, what, what is he like? He's kind of racist, I guess. He's sort of, you know, he doesn't really get the whole, you know, Massachusetts thing and whatnot. And, and it's a little bit edgy. I mean, I have to say the humor in it, I, I think it's funny, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit too edgy. It may be too, you know, there's this, um, there's a kid who shows up at their doorstep. He's this black kid that lives down the street. And, uh, you know, and Herman's like, oh, what, what's this jailbird doing here? Yeah. You know, and he's like, Sheila, get, get him out of here. I don't want this hoodlum over here. You know, um, so it's a little bit edgy and stuff like that, which is something I'm I don't I'm still trying to figure out if it's too much for net, uh, for network television, because my humor can sometimes go really dark. I'm not just sometimes most of the time it's really dark. Um, and I don't know. So, so it's interesting because I do find myself as I'm writing TV scripts, having to 
adapt like my style of writing the the the, the content of it to be a little bit more PG 13 ish. You know, I can't use curse words. Um, as far as like racism, like funny racist kind of jokes or whatever. I don't know if those are okay for TV and stuff like that. I mean, maybe for HBO, I'm sure for like HBO would be fine or something, but not for network television. But it, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting to me as somebody who's, who's usually like, I'm usually very, I'm a freestyler. Like when it comes to writing, I, I'm totally like, I just do it from the hip. I'm a, I guess I'm what they call a pantser. I, I heard that term when it comes to writing. I just sort of write from the hip and just sort of figure it out, whatever the hell I'm writing as I go along with it. But it's interesting because when it comes to like, if you, you know, TV or, or even books, I, I maybe, I, I don't know exactly, but I know with TV, you're writing for a specific audience that, and you have like barriers, you know, you have the FCC. So it's an interesting challenge for me and I actually say, I have to say, I actually kind of enjoy the challenge of making it funny without going over the edge. So for me, as a, you know, when I'm writing it, I, I leave out curse words and things like that, but I still try to leave lines that sort of imply a similar meaning. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know why, but I kind of, I find like writing like with main characters being like a racist white guy to be funny. So for example, I actually, I, I, I guess Clint Eastwood actually kind of inspired me to do this because I was watching, um, I was watching uh, Space Cowboys and uh, what was that other movie? Fuck, he uh, Gran Torino. That's the one where he and, and it was just so funny. Like the way he, I I know like you shouldn't like him, but it's funny. Like the way he does. Like he um, like last night I was watching Space Cowboys. And just the way he talks and stuff like that, even though it's like, so he was talking to his wife in the, uh, in the garage and he was like, oh, some gringo was over here earlier, you know, I can't stand him. And I don't know, just the way he talks about it, like the way he does it, it was funny. Um, and I just thought, well, you know, th this is like, he's likable in that sense. You, you shouldn't really like him because you think, well, he's a racist guy and stuff, but you can't help but like it because it's just funny the way he says things and whatnot. And so, when I think about writing like a character, I, I, I sort of think of it modeling after actually like Trump or Clint Eastwood and kind of the sort of, you know, that sort of mold of this old guy who seems to be out of touch with, you know, with, you know, modern times and just sort of has this really stubborn mentality of, you know, well, what are these people doing here? What are these ones doing here? I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not, that I kind of like those kind of characters and writing about them, but I find them entertaining. And Clint Eastwood did, has had a very long career. So, you know. Uh, I think people, you know, really like him and stuff. So, but anyways, you know, when it comes to writing and whatnot, I, I was, now when it comes to like writing books, it's a different sort of thing. So I'm actually, I'm writing a memoir too. I mentioned I was writing uh, a fiction book with like Kim, based on, um, if you tune into our show, uh, our episode one, I mentioned I'm writing a book, uh, a fiction book based on Trump and Kim Jong-un having this like, you know, intimate relationship with each other. And, you know, that one too, I'm, as I'm writing it, I still don't exactly know how it ends. I mean, I, I kind of, I reached a point where I got to like page 108 or something. And I just thought, well, this is a good breaking off point. But from there, I've still been kind of expanding it and stuff like that. 
even I don't know how it's going to end, but I just keep writing it anyways. I don't know if that's what other writers do. I'd be curious to know if that is what other writers do, if that's sort of a similar strategy. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't actually like know other writers and I, I don't know, like if that's like a, a, something they train you to do or something. I, I don't know. I don't have like training and stuff. So I, I just kind of, you know, wing it. Um, but, but um, I, I'll tell you, I'm also writing a memoir too. And uh, that's another, that's another very different book. And I, and I started reading other memoirs to sort of get the gist of how they do them. And the style of that, of a memoir is also very different. You know, you have to use like stories and anecdotes and things like that. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating kind of, I find writing very fascinating. It, 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 it is an art form. And I sort of think of it like a formula. Like, how do you write, how do you write a memoir? How do you write a poetic love st story book like the Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un one I have going? And, uh, you know, the, the movie scripts and whatnot, the TV scripts. My style, I tend to gear towards screenwriting because it's just talking. And that seems to be kind of easier for me to do, kind of voices on pages and stuff like that. Um, books, it's a little bit, it's more challenging because I don't, there's more, you have to use more scenes, more descriptiveness and stuff like that. I think I kind of get the style of it better now after I started reading some memoirs and whatnot. But um and then poetry one, I don't know. The poetry one, just sort of rhyming words. It, it's kind of like, um, you know, use a source and whatnot. And it just, it, you know, they just kind of blend together well. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear from other writers just to sort of, you know, perhaps see how my process compares to theirs. I don't, I don't know if that's similar or whatever, if they're pantsers like me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'd be, I'd be curious to know if any writers, you know, Maybe listening to this, I, I'd be curious to hear what your you know strategy is and what uh, with writing and if and if you're you know into outlines or you're just kind of a person like me who just sort of like you know just kind of wings it and still until I kind of figure something out and just sort of experiment with uh, different types of structures and whatnot until I figure out what's going to happen next in a story. So I don't know if if you are a writer and you're listening, you know, hit me up because I, I would be curious to know. Um, what kind of strategies styles you use, you know, I, you know, be curious to know about that. Um, so anyways, um, I'll just wrap this up. Um, so I don't, so I do, well, if you tuned into our last show, you know that, uh, I shared a few poems from Kim and Donnie's adventures and I do, I did write more actually just the other day. Uh, yesterday that expands on the storyline. So I, I, I'm not going to share those today. We'll be sharing those on Sunday for all of you. So if you're curious to know what's going on with the Kim and Donnie situation, um, Kim and, uh, and Donald Trump, you know, I told you what the book was about. It's about this, it's about this romance between Kim and Trump and they, and they write these poetic love letters between each other and Vladimir Putin's involved and stuff like that. If you want to listen to episode one, you can, I'll give you an idea of what, of what the book is like. And I, and I shared, uh, three of them there. So I will be sharing more of those on Sunday for us. Um, so, you know, if you're looking forward to that, tune in. Okie dokie. So, yeah. So thank you for tuning in to episode two, of just riffing it, uh, hosted by Tom Martin. Again, the title just riffing it is working title. Still don't know, uh, why, you know, I don't even know where it came from. I just thought of it like late on like Saturday, Sunday evening, like two o'clock in the morning. It just came to me. So, um, 
you know, I may fix that title. I don't know exactly, but uh, so yeah, we'll uh, talk to you later. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure when. I mean, I'll definitely. I'll have a show Sunday. I don't know if I'll have another one this week. I might. There's actually so Netflix came out with this uh, UFO documentary stuff today. Um, this series called like UFO Projects Revealed, uh, and I will be watching those tonight. I'm saving it for tonight. I'm going to watch those tonight. Uh, there's like six episodes, so um, you know we're. I'm looking forward to that. So after I watch those, maybe I'll do a show later on in the week about it, talking about UFOs and you know the government conspiracy to cover it up and stuff like that. I know I sound like a you know I know conspiracy theorists sound like idiots, but I'm just you know I'll watch the series and I and I encourage anyone else who may be listening to watch it as well, so that we can have a discussion. Well, one way discussion with me telling you about it, but uh, you know we can talk about it and whatnot. So. Uh, that show may be coming up. I still don't know exactly, but you know, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Uh, yeah. So thank you for tuning in.